Hey guys, this is the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. We're your hosts, Kevin and Aisha Shelton, and you are laughing at me. Why? Could you switch it up every week? I've just... It's my thing. Okay, no problem. It's my thing. So welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We are very happy to be here today. Kevin is not sleepy again. I'm not going to yawn. Kevin is not going to yawn. No He's going to bring challenge. that energy so you can smash that like button button and <laughs> comment and subscribe i like that okay um so the real estate market has been doing some really interesting things and uh, <clears throat> i think the question of the day is are millennials priced out of this market so i, I know as millennials you know everybody's like Time to buy, time to buy, time to buy. So it's a great time for us to cover this topic because our generation wants to know, you know, now with rising interest rates, rising cost, can we buy? You know, everybody's saying buy, 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 but can you buy? And what can you buy? I think it's the big question. So the long and short answer is no. Millennials aren't priced out of the market. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but... That comes with some caveats. So what can you buy and how can you buy it is the question, right? And I think as a generation, now that we're stepping into our best life, right? Best jobs, best um, happiness, things like that come in your 30s. So I think the youngest millennial now is 30. I think, I think that's true. 31. Okay, there we go. 31. So the youngest of the millennials is 30, 32. 26. What? Is it that big? Is it that big? Is it that big of a... Is it to 96? Okay. 15 years. All right. 96. So the youngest millennial is 26. All right. And the oldest millennial is 42. 42. Interesting. Wow. All right. That's a hell of a range. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just talk for myself. Listen, are 26 to 42-year-olds priced out of the market? That's a big range. It's a huge range. (laughs) So on the 26 side, if we tackle this from age groups, depending on what you do and where you are, what market you're in, you may have challenges. But the good thing about real estate is there's lots of different types of real estate right so in higher price market there's condos there's townhomes there's co-ops there's a lot of things that you can buy into that still let you have equity and ownership but it might not be your traditional single family house in this market in the houston market i think there's a plethora of opportunities right so you know I was talking to another millennial the other day, and we were talking about uh, there's a listing on the market for $100,000. And it's by another friend of ours who's listing the, oh, the property. What, and it's a little house in the back of another bigger house. Yeah. And he was like, man, what can you do with that? I said, you can live yeah. for $700 a month. Right. right. So even at a 7% interest rate, if your mortgage, you know, if you only have $100,000 on your mortgage, your note is still, I mean, exceptionally low and it's cheaper than an apartment. So you have to ask yourself, what are you willing to do to own, right? Where are you willing to live to own? And I told him, I said, you live in an apartment right now. So take the location out and you got neighbors on the top, on the bottom, on the right, on the left. Mm -hmm. 
So at least you might be in, in a backyard's backyard, but it's yours. You got your privacy. You you own your little piece of the earth, however small that piece is, and it's a temporary thing. So I would say this. Kevin always says that he wished he would have bought when he was younger, right? So yeah, yeah. If we're speaking on the younger millennial side, right? The 26. The 26s. You're buying a $100,000 house. No, you don't necessarily have to buy a $100,000 house. I would say don't wait. I think the folly in real estate is people always want to wait for this perfect time mm -hmm. to buy. And my thing is buy what you can when you can. So you can have those so years can, of gain. So you can have those years of gain and build a upon that yeah. now it depends on what you're looking for when we're saying priced out of the market right so one of the challenges that i have with younger millennials um is that the internet says they should own multi-unit properties i need a duplex a three quad a four flex, unit a five flex, unit an eight unit twelve plex and i'm like those are all great things to do and have <laughs> but how Will you achieve that? And so when they can't achieve that, then they're saying they're going to wait. I don't know what they're waiting for, but <laughs> I think you should. I So I think that you should buy what you can with what you have. So if you are and I've heard this, too, with other people, like maybe all you can afford is a condo. Mm -hmm. In a not so great part of town, but understand that that's still ownership and that's yep. still housing. And once you're done with it and your life has grown and escalated, somebody else will will be able to live there. And that's a rental property. That's your income. But everybody wants to be these big Internet investors from the things that they see on the Internet. And yeah, on multiple pro multiple properties and multiple doors. Start with what you have. Somebody I need to come one. to me and say, Aisha. Here's what I got. Here's my situation. What can I get? Let's talk about that. Let's start there. Don't, I think that's the hard part, don't though. Don't talk to me about a triplex, quad. But that's the hard part. The internet tells you 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 need and you want more than you actually are supposed to get. And I think the boomer generation, the generation before us, there were no options and there was no internet, right? So they didn't have these other things that they were looking at telling them what a starter home looks like. Now you're competing globally on what you see your peers in Atlanta and New York buying as a starter home. So people are judging themselves by a measuring stick that doesn't exist because the Internet ain't real. Yeah, well, right? the Internet is real, but real estate <clears throat> is local. Right. And so the strategies that they're using in Detroit yeah. are not the same strategies that you would employ for us in the Houston market. Mm -hmm. Right. So. One, I think that you need to get educated on what's available in your market mm -hmm. and then also strategize based on that, not based on what they say on earn your leisure. Hashtag earn your leisure. We need to put that in. The no, don't. Don't. <laughs> I, we I, need to put that in the, I would in say the comments. This. I would say this. It's very hard to compete with gurus or clips or TikToks telling you, invest in whatever because a lot of times people don't realize that your first starter home is an investment right like that is investing owning is investment right. that you're gaining equity in that so 
I wouldn't even say don't follow earn your leisure. I'd say no. I'm, I didn't say that. Okay. Okay. I did not say don't follow earn your leisure. I'm saying if you're getting your real estate advice from earn your leisure, real estate is local. Yeah. So you can't listen to somebody who's investing in Michigan yeah. about how to invest in Houston, Texas. No, that's true. That's, that's what true. I'm saying. That's where a good realtor comes in. That is where an excellent realtor comes because you you need local advice, but you also need advice from people who just know a what you can buy and what you should buy i think mm-hmm. that's the biggest problem is some people get approved for you know you might get approved for a four hundred thousand dollar loan but do you need to go buy four hundred thousand dollars worth of house right. is that right for your situation and that's where having a good partner uh who if your goal is you know long-term ownership or wealth building or whatever you need that advice from somebody who's educated in that space. And like you said, very local Uh, because the internet does sell you a book of dreams that aren't necessarily yours. You looking at people buying four units in Dayton, Ohio, and you like, Oh, look, he bought a fourplex for $20,000. And that doesn't exist in Chicago or that doesn't exist in, you know, New York. So there's a lot of room, wiggle room in that. So your local market is the best way for you to find out what you can buy. And then I think it's also starting with the end in mind. What are your goals, mm-hmm. right? Is that ownership? Because the buzzword of investing, what does that yield you? If your property make you $100 a month, does that break the bank? Does that change your bottom line? Does that have you traveling to Spain or the south of France? Yeah, you no. want to be location independent. Like, so I need these rental properties. And that doesn't make any yeah. sense. So people people get sold this dream that passive income is their savior when the reality of the situation is if it ain't enough income, I don't care if it's passive or active enough, you don't have enough money to do what you see well, these people. Well, and get down to the numbers do. too, right? Because when I think about now... The first rental property that we got, mm-hmm. it did have a large spread on it, but it was because of what was bought and when it was bought, right? Mm-hmm. And so there is a wealth transfer that happens whenever there's a recession, yep. right? And so most of us are sitting on the sidelines waiting for things to be different or better. And then there are those of us that are looking at this as an opportunity. And that's where we need to be looking from the standpoint of a young millennial all the way to an older millennial, like what is the opportunity that exists in this market today? And see, I do a lot of different things. You know, it's crazy because opportunity is based on where you are in your life, right? Mm-hmm. Like an opportunity for us and an opportunity for a younger version of us with no kids and no whatever. Right. Somebody asked me like, well, would you buy a duplex? I said, yeah, if I ain't had no kids. Right. If it was just me and you, we would live in a duplex because mm-hmm. we wouldn't need the space, right? Yeah. But now we have three children and a dog. We we need room. So a duplex, we'd have to find a duplex like 3,000 square feet. And then you have to ask yourself, does that make sense? So the reality of the situation is, your opportunities are as based on your options as, you know, as well as your obstacles, but that's what dictates your outcomes. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you make $20,000 a year, I don't care if the duplex was $100,000, you can't afford a $100,000 house yeah. at $20,000 a year. So maybe income is your problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like you said, that first property, it had a great spread, but does that spread make an impact for us now? No, but at the time, it made a world of a difference. No. What's the spread? 
seven hundred dollars. That doesn't make that. There's a reason why it doesn't. But if it were going to our bottom line, it would make a difference. If we had no, seven hundred dollars no. put in, I'm just saying. I'm what I'm what I'm saying to you is, in the in the grand scheme of things, sure, everything that adds to your bottom line. Hell yeah, I don't makes know, a difference. I wouldn't want an extra seven hundred dollars. I'm not taking. I'm not taking yeah. away the merit of that. Okay. But what I'm saying is, would you go out and put your capital at risk for something that produced seven hundred dollars today? Yeah. Why? Because if I'm if that's one thing that continuously produces seven hundred. But if you have the opportunity to know how to make something, but you have you have opportunities that make you more than that seven hundred dollars a month. Yeah, but that's just one of my investments. It's sure, but it's the same capital, so capital is limited. You have to pick between this seven hundred dollars a month and something else that can generate much more money than that. Which would you choose? It depends. What does it depend on? I'm giving you those options right now. You didn't give me enough information on the second option. It's just like there's something greater on this side and then there's because $700. That's I'm, like I'm talking like, hypothetically. So let's say over here, but here's $700. Okay. Like, I don't you know have a rental. There. You have a rental property that okay. makes $700 a month. Okay. Or you, a, that is good spread. It's a great spread. Great I'm, I'm not arguing I, that. No. You have a rental property that makes $700 a month. Okay. Or you could invest the same amount of whatever the down payment of this is and something that could yield $2,000 a month. What is that? I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to. You, you, I can't, I can't rock with your, I cannot rock with your example. Number one, it's a hypothetical example. But, but 700 is very concrete. That rental property yields us $700 a month. So when you tell me, take this very concrete information or this, abstract thing that's better which would you prefer i'm gonna go with this very concrete thing which further proves my point that if you're making money on it and i'm not saying now is it worth a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars no because the hassle of having a tenant and the capital expenditures that come in with maintaining that property absolutely not <clears throat> but 700 bands a band is a thousand yeah but right? what I, yeah but what i want you to understand is to get to 700 dollars a month mm -hmm. that money that you have to put at risk is probably like 30 or 40 grand well what's the risk what's the level of risk though? like put down you'd have to put that equity in yeah, a property not necessarily to that. risk because it's the cash flowing out sure but what else can you do with forty thousand dollars who would put forty thousand dollars down if you're a, if you are a new millennial you don't have that much money. And so, on a new millennial buying at the top of the market, you're not going to have a property that yields you $700 a month. Because I had an interest rate of 6%. Sure. And I also got all of this assistance because I didn't make any money. Like, there's a way to make it work. That's that's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, and that property wouldn't have yielded $700 then. That's time. You're arguing time in the market. If you went and bought the same house today at $250,000 that you bought at $90,000, even with the same assistance, your mortgage would be much higher. The reason that it produces $700 a month is because you bought it 10 years ago. Let me give you an example of okay. in this market, how that can still be accomplished. What I had, that property that I bought was because of the time sure. and the location, right? Sure. In this market, it looks a little bit different, can, but can yield the same thing. So now you can get a cheap house, three-bedroom, two-bathroom house, 250000 240000 in Conroe, in somewhere on the outskirts of the city, 
right? Well, the city's pushing out anyway. So that's not a bad investment to make. I'm not arguing that. No, I know. I'm just saying, especially if you're going to, this is a temporary living situation, right? Same thing for me. When I bought the cheap house, I was like, this is a cheap house. It's perfect for me. It's little. It's just me. But then as my family grows and as my life does something different, then I'll migrate and do something different. I'm just saying, like, have a plan and don't wait. Like, no, I'm yeah. I'm 100 percent with you. But what I'm what I'm the point that I'm illustrating to you is investment profiles look different with a time mm-hmm. and experience. So with your experience, you're a you're going to have a vehicle that makes more than seven hundred dollars a month. So it doesn't it's an arbitrary example. But babe, what I'm saying is. I still want to have. That's just like okay. I'm not saying you don't want to have it. I know, but that's like just that's just like saying we want to build. We're going to build a duplex on whatever whatever street, right? Mm-hmm. That's still going to be a little bit of cash flow because there'll be actually no. So we're going to build three units there, and it's going to cash flow like two thousand dollars a month. We're talking about everyday lay people, not a builder and a realtor. That's my point. A builder and a realtor get together. That's my point. What is your point? That we can make. A property that for the same twenty, thirty thousand dollars that generates two thousand dollars a month versus seven hundred dollars a month just buying and placing money into a property. I know y'all. This think is off crazy. the point. I know y'all think we're crazy, but these are the kind of these are the kind of arguments that we have, and I'm sure people are watching. Like y'all both right because <laughs> no. two things can be true at the same time. So for the everyday person who doesn't have our skill set, who doesn't have our access to the market, who doesn't have our knowledge of the market. They their best bet is to a partner with a great expert, a local realtor, mm-hmm. uh, somebody who can advise you. B buy what you can buy. Buy what you can buy now. Mm-hmm. Because then you get the gains over time that give you that level of investment, right? So your property might start off making a hundred dollars a month, and then it might grow to seven hundred dollars a month. Yeah, but you don't have that opportunity if you're not buying. If everybody is running towards it, then you should run away. And if everybody is running away, then, you know, I would run toward it. That's what Warren Buffett said, something to that effect. No. <laughs> Somebody said that. Warren Buffett said if there's blood in the streets, invest. He said. He said when everybody's scared, invest. And when everybody's investing, be scared. Did I just say that? No, you did I said the gist of it. Okay, well. The point is, <laughs> buy something. Buy something. Even if you're a millennial, even if you're 26 or you're 42, buy something. Buy something. Don't wait. Um, so is are millennials priced out of the market? No. <clears throat> Do millennials have to sacrifice their comforts in order to get something in this market? Probably, yes. Right. And that makes a difference because most people are looking for their house to be their dream home. I'm away from my dream home. I'm away for a husband. I'm away for a family. I'm going to wait, 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 wait. And while you're waiting, you're missing out on the benefits of real estate. Um, And so you can get a husband and you can get a family, but you should get a house right now. Whatever that looks like for you, a condo in Conroe, in the city, down payment assistance, an affordable house that's, you know, offered up by the city of Houston. Get into something so that you can reap the benefits of investing, investing and investing yourself by smashing that like button. Wow. 
and following and hitting that notification bell so you can check out a new episode of Marriage and Real Estate when it comes out. And you can be a witness to conversations like this where you can find out what you should be doing and how to argue with your spouse over uh, how to argue with your spouse over uh, rental rental property on seven hundred dollars a month rental properties. I'm not arguing seven hundred dollars a month, but would you pick between two thousand and seven hundred? Which one would you pick? Both of them. I'm not picking. <laughs> I'm just saying. I well, seven hundred and two thousand. Again, for all you people out there, this has been the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. I'm two thousand. I'm two thousand and seven hundred. Well, she wins. Peace.